In May 1942, American and Filipino troops were forced to surrender the Philippines to the Japanese. This was a very great defeat for General MacArthur, head of the Allied forces in the southwestern Pacific. General MacArthur instructed his pilots to get in their planes just before the troops left and to airdrop leaflets which contained a photo of the general with these words, I will return. Two years later, he kept his promise. MacArthur did return and liberated the islands. In the same way, Jesus promises that he will return. Not that Jesus was defeated. Jesus was victorious over sin and death and hell when he died and rose again from the dead. But Jesus has promised that he will return one day and put everything right. He will usher in God's perfect world, what the Bible calls the new heaven and the new earth, a new recreated cosmos, free from sin and therefore free from suffering. And the great question any one of us faces is, am I ready for that day? Because when Jesus returns, he will judge the living and the dead. And the reason God has delayed the return of Jesus is so that many more might get ready for that day. We live in the day of opportunity, the day of salvation, when we may get ready for the return of Jesus by turning away from our sin and trusting wholly in Jesus and in what he's done for us on the cross. Jesus says there are two things we need to do to get ready for his return in these verses. Take note of the evidence and settle out of court. If you've been here over the last few weeks, you'll know that Jesus told the story of the servants waiting for their master to return. He said it will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Just as it's good for earthly servants who are ready for their master's return, so it's good for us to be found ready for the return of Jesus. Because astoundingly, Jesus says, those who are ready for his return will themselves be served by Jesus. He will minister to us the good things he achieved for us by dying and rising again. So are we ready for him? That's the great question we all face. It's not easy to live for Christ. Jesus says in verse 49, I have come to bring fire on the earth. Jesus has come to judge the earth. And many people will rebel against Jesus' rule. Verse 52. From now on there will be five in one family divided against each other. Three against two and two against three. 
They'll be divided, father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother and so on. It will be very painful in families when some get ready for Jesus' return and some rebel against him. It will be painful and difficult. But nonetheless, we ourselves must get ready. We must take note of the evidence and settle out of court. Firstly then, take note of the evidence. Verses 54 to 56. David Icke was a former goalkeeper for Coventry City and then a BBC sports reporter. In 1991, he resigned his job, announcing that he was the Son of God. Later, he said that he'd been reincarnated several times, including as one of Napoleon's generals. Probably, you've never heard of him. That's because he had no evidence to back up his claims. Jesus makes astonishing claims, but backed up by amazing teaching and miracles. So says Jesus, take note of the evidence, verse 54. He said to the crowd, when you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say, it's going to rain. And it does. And when the south wind blows, you say, it's going to be hot. And it is. So people are able to look at the evidence and forecast the weather. Weather forecasting is not an exact science. They often get it wrong. But even in Jesus' pre-scientific day, people could read the signs of the weather. Well, verse 56, hypocrites, says Jesus. You know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. How is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time? Nelson, at the Battle of Copenhagen, was a bit like us. The admiral gave the order to withdraw. Famously, Nelson put his telescope to his blind eye, saying, I see no signal. We've often turned a blind eye to the evidence about Jesus. Have you read Cure for Life, which goes over the evidence for Christianity? Have you read Lee Strobel's various books? The evidence is there. Jesus is who he claimed to be. He is God come to rescue us. Often, our objections to Christianity are not intellectual. They're moral. We don't want Jesus to be Lord of our life. We don't want Jesus to tell us how to use our time, how to spend our money, who we should marry, how we should bring our children up. 
We want to be Lord of our lives. Thank you very much. And so we will not be convinced by the evidence for Jesus. I challenge all of us to acquaint ourselves with the evidence for Jesus. Come to Exploring Christianity on Wednesday evening. Come and discuss the evidence. We'd love to see you there. Take note of the evidence. And secondly, settle out of court, verses 57 to 59. Lord Hailsham was the Lord Chancellor in Margaret Thatcher's government. As an old man, he was asked, are you afraid of death? Not in the least, he replied. But I am afraid of the judge. I only hope I will have the sense to plead guilty and throw myself on the mercy of the court. Verse 57. Why don't you judge for yourselves what is right? Are you going with your adversary to the magistrate? Try hard to be reconciled on the way, or your adversary may drag you off to the judge, and the judge turn you over to the officer, and the officer throw you into prison. I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. I can't help feeling sorry for Prince Andrew. He now faces three options all of them very unattractive. He can either settle out of court with Virginia Dufresne, or he can ignore the summons, in which case the court will find against him. Or he can fight the case in court, and all manner of salacious information will come to light. I don't know the rights and wrongs of the case, but I always feel sorry for sinners who have their sins exposed because there but for the grace of God go each one of us. Jesus says here there are real advantages to settling out of court. You may remember how Andrew Mitchell MP sued the Sun newspaper in a libel case Mitchell was reported to have spoken in foul language, disparaging the police on the gate of Downing Street. Mitchell lost the case and had to pay a fortune in costs and compensation to the police officer. He should have settled out of court when he had the chance. Jesus is saying... We should settle with God before we appear at the heavenly judgment. See, wonderfully, Jesus has already faced the judgment we deserve. We're guilty before God, every one of us. We may not have broken the law of the UK but we have most definitely broken the law of God. Jesus defines law-breaking, sin, most terrifyingly in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, not only should we not sleep around, 
but even to look lustfully at a woman is to commit adultery with her in your heart. Or just to get angry is to commit murder in your heart. Which of us will be able to stand in God's holy presence? Sometimes we hear people say, I'll take my chances on the day of judgment. Sure, I haven't been perfect, but I'm better than the average. Jesus says the standard is perfection. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Heaven is a perfect place. There's no sin there. Therefore, no one can be admitted who's not first entrusted their sin to Jesus for him to take responsibility for it. If I turn up on the day of judgment still accountable for my own sin, I'm in very big trouble. But the wonderful good news of the gospel is that Jesus already faced the judgment we deserve. He himself bore our sin in his body on the tree. 1 Peter 2.24 Jesus himself took our sin on, on himself. He who knew no sin became sin, was loaded up with our sin so that God himself would judge Jesus in our place. This means we don't need to face judgment. We can be completely forgiven. This is the good news we have to share. Lord Hailsham said he would throw himself on the mercy of the court. Actually, God invites us to do this before we die, not on the day of judgment. God invites us to say to him, Lord God, Heavenly Father, I admit that I'm a sinner, that I have disobeyed you in thought and word and deed. I do need your forgiveness. Thank you so much for Jesus, for his death on the cross. Thank you that he's taken the punishment I deserve. Thank you that he has experienced your righteous anger for my sin so that I don't have to face it. Please forgive me and please help me to live my life with Jesus as my king so that I obey him in all that I do and say. And we say a version of this prayer every day, don't we? Every day I need to ask God for fresh forgiveness. I need to ask for his help to love him and trust him and obey him. You may not be ready to commit your life to Christ. You may not yet have had the chance to consider the evidence. Keep coming along to church Come to Exploring Christianity.
But there's not endless time to go over these things. Jesus' point here in Luke 12 is that he is returning. We must be ready for that day. We must be dressed, ready for service, like servants waiting for their master to return. Remember Jesus' warning in verses 39 and 40, that he will come like a thief in the night. He will come when we least expect him. And when he comes, it will be too late to repent. When he comes, the books will be opened. The files will be opened. All our sin will be exposed. And only those who've been given the righteousness of Jesus will be safe on that day. Verse 47. The servant who knows the master's will and does not get ready will be beaten with many blows. It won't be easy to live a life focused on being ready for Jesus. From now on, says Jesus, there'll be division in families, father against son, son against father, mother against daughter, daughter against mother, and so on. It won't be easy to live for Christ, far easier to go with the flow of our society, far easier just to fit in with the world in rebellion against Jesus. Far easier, but most inadvisable. Do not fail to get ready for the return of Jesus. Do not fail to get ready for the day of judgment. Take note of the evidence and settle out of court. Settle with Jesus before he comes to be our judge. And if you are a Christian, if you have been saved from hell, for heaven, for a relationship with God, if you have been saved, the return of Jesus means it's essential that we live for Christ. We're safe for the day of judgment. We are saved from hell for heaven. But we'll still be accountable for the way we lived as Christians. We'll still be accountable for what we did. With the good news about Jesus, what did we do with that? Did we share it? Did we live for Christ? Did we use our time for Christ? Did we use our money for Christ? Did we seek to please him in every area of our lives? We will be held accountable. Jesus is returning. We must be ready. Let's pray.
Father, we thank you for the return of Jesus. Thank you that he will usher in your new and perfect world in which there'll be no more sin and therefore no more suffering. Lord, we thank you for that day when we think of all the problems that we face. Thank you that there will be a wonderful day when the struggle will be over. But Lord, we recognise that that will also be a day of judgment. So we examine our own hearts. Lord, make sure that each one of us is ready for that day. Lord, we pray for our families, our friends, our colleagues, our neighbours. Lord, they need to be ready too. Please help us to share the gospel, to pray for them, to live lives which commend the gospel of Jesus. Lord, we commit ourselves to you as your people. In Jesus' name, amen.